Welcome to season four of Mental Health in Minutes, the podcast where we normalize mental health conversations at work and share the strategies and tactics that make those conversations ones you actually want to have. I'm your host, Lindsay Recknell, a psychological health and safety advisor, a workplace mental health consultant, a speaker, facilitator, and an expert in hope. If you're listening to this episode, you know our people need us more than ever, and I know you want to support them, but maybe you don't know the words to use to engage them in conversation or how to respond when they do open up. That's what this podcast is all about. My guests will share tactical, practical, and simple ways to connect with your people, let them know you care about them and are there to support them, and believe in them enough to continue investing in their career and personal development. Each episode will also discuss the future of mental health in the workplace and the top ways we can engage our leadership in the workplace mental health conversation and have them endorse and pay for a positive culture shift within our organizations. It's hard to put into words what the first three seasons have meant to me as a workplace mental health professional. I'm honored to learn from my guests and walk alongside them as they solve some of the biggest issues facing their organizations today. One of these issues, dare I say the biggest issue, I hear from leaders right now is that they and their people are suffering from burnout, a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress. Burnout is very personal to me. The first time I experienced burnout was November of 2017, and this experience started me on the path to learning everything I could about burnout and what I could do to prevent it, especially at work. Be assured, you can stop the slide. Burnout is not forever, and you do have the power to come back from the edge of burnout, you and your people. I've included a few simple strategies and tactics in my free training tryout, package of materials you can download for free right now from my website at mentalhealthinminutes.com forward slash tryout. Without too much effort on your part, you can get started engaging with your team and teaching them to stop the slide into burnout for themselves. Included in this training tryout, you'll find two different lengths of presentations, a 15-minute and a five-minute version, as well as the speaker's notes for each, along with a quick training video and a checklist to help you get started. Easy peasy. Just go to mentalhealthinminutes.com forward slash tryout and download your free copy now. I'll also link to the download in the show notes of this episode. Let me know how it goes. All right, let's introduce you to this week's guest. Daniel O'Shea is a consultant working in the social innovation space, developing unique solutions to social issues. He combines the threads of an eclectic education and career, and in exploring the benefits and challenges of a digital nomad lifestyle, he has found a passion for the purposeful work he undertakes. Predominantly working with the incredible minds and souls that make up the Social Impact Lab and the United Way of Calgary and area over the last few years, Daniel is grateful to have been given the opportunity to deep dive the larger questions about who we are and how we organize ourselves on his quest to find a more human human. In this episode, we speak about how to humanize ourselves in the workplace and the tool he and his colleagues at the Social Impact Lab have created to guide us in conversation with each other, sharing the language we can use to create authentic connections and find those trusted relationships at work. It's a great conversation, so let's get into it. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Hey, Lindsay. Great to be here. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I am really excited about our conversation because I feel like, like we just talked about, we can talk forever about any of these topics. Uh, (laughs) I think our time together is going to go by really quick. Why don't we start with you sharing with the audience who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Yeah, for sure. Um, So uh, first off, I I guess I should start with, uh, I have a very eclectic career. So don't, I'm, I'm not somebody who's been sitting in one space or another. I've, I've, I've been very broad in, in what I've done, including a lot of hospitality work, education at universities, um, 
and then have found myself in kind of the social innovation space in Calgary. Um, I would I would say that I'm probably my the creative parts of me come out as a storyteller, which is is how I engage the the social sector. Um, in that way, it's it's I mean it's kind of a big story, and if you if you look at all of the systems around us. Um, you can kind of understand how they work together, and 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 maybe if you if you talk to enough people and you do enough research and 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 play enough in that space, you can start to find these solutions that that are not just band aids, but actually um, you know could help on a systematic level and, and help bring us up to up to a better par as a as a society. Um, so I guess I guess I coming into Calgary a few years ago, I was I had been working at the Yukon University. Um, I've been a, a digital nomad for a while, but I, I was introduced to this wonderful woman named Jackie Maddock Howard, who was putting together a uh, educational program around philanthropy called the Ripple Impact Philanthropy Program. Um, and we chatted. I'd done some curriculum design in the past, and and uh, she pulled me in to help design this program, which is it's launching right now, and it's 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 I we're very very proud of it, and we're very excited for it to get the first cohort through. But that was my my foot in the door to the social impact lab in Calgary, um, which is just, I cannot speak about, I can't speak enough about how wonderful this organization is. Um, it's kind of, and they'll hate me for saying this, I'm sure, but it's almost the love child of the United Way of Calgary and area and J5 Design Studios in Calgary. Um, if, you, if you picture one of your parents being philanthropy and one being design, then you'll kind of get a sense of what, the social impact lab is, um, and it's it's just it's stocked with the most amazing people, um, just artists, creatives, project managers, uh, also like business people, all very very socially minded, all invested in upstream initiatives, systematic change. Um, it's a physical and digital space, so it's you, we actually go into the office and we get to hang out and and talk big ideas and and uh, yeah. It's it's I cannot say enough enough good words about how how grateful I am to have the opportunity to work in this space. Mm, that's it. Just sends shivers down <laughs> my spine to think of a to think of a, a a place to really thrive in, especially with a, with a focus on social impact. So tell me about the project that you are working on with them. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so you're never into working on just one project. You're working on several projects at a time. The one that we're here specifically to talk about today is uh, Steps to Support, which is an online uh, mental health support tool. Um, so basically, the I guess this is where we first connected um, is before even the uh, the kind of the idea or the concept of Steps, steps to Support um, came around. We'd, I, we'd been connected around mental health in minutes, your company. Um, and I was actually tasked, or, or uh, my partner and I, Lynn Holdsworth, were tasked to look into the corporate environment and see if we could find a solution to help be people be better supports to each other. So coworkers helping coworkers. Um, really, really unique project idea. Um, it doesn't come around a lot where someone just says, "Go investigate this," you know. Um, so we looked in, and what we found ultimately. Um, were there, there were a lot of resources, a lot of excellent resources like the ones that you provide. Um, but in a lot of organizations, specifically larger organizations, 
the culture that exists there doesn't allow for vulnerability or doesn't allow for that level of communication. And when the culture is not there, then the support can't necessarily follow. So you can have supportive relationships um, and you can meet people at work that become close friends. All of that's possible, but to, but to work in the corporate environment without addressing specifically the, like the Titan of a thing that uh, culture change in organizations is it's, it's very hard to create something that's going to allow people to chat with each other on a vulnerable level, which, I mean, if you think about it, it's fairly logical. If you are vulnerable, if you share and it gets around, it's, it's, it's of a de- detriment to your career, career trajectory. Um, you might not get that promotion. Rumors might be spread about you. People look at you a different way. So what we found is what I, I my conception of this workplace is that people wear masks to the workplace and then come home and take the mask off, which is why we have the term called work friends instead of friends, right? Yeah, so true. The, um, and, and as, as adults, where do we meet friends is at work, right? It, mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a double whammy where many of us are feeling lonely or disconnected or, you know, we've lost touch with maybe our school friends, our high school friends, our university friends. So we go to work, we want to make friends, but then like you say, uh, it can be fraught with risk because we open up like we would with a friend and it could negatively affect our, our careers. I mean, all of the work we're doing at Mental Health in Minutes is to prevent that kind of retribution to support organizations to provide psychologically safe spaces so that doesn't happen but we've got a long way to go and and you're right it's systemic right we there is so much opportunity to fix the systems to fix the mechanisms that support vulnerability and um i think that's what your tool is looking to do it is it very much is so so these conversations led us to when we had all this cons- consultation we we found these these pieces that wouldn't really work for what we were trying to do. But we also found kind of this core nugget of a concept that was everybody we talked to said, I want to, if I see somebody in need, I want to help them and I don't know how, or I don't have the confidence or I don't like conflict or is it even my place? Um, And what we know in the mental health world is have that conversation like that. If you can have that conversation early, that could, that could help. It could save somebody's life even to, if you want to go that far, but just having, just having that conversation, creating the space for it, not necessarily digging for it even is, is such a value. So where we, where we came to is, um, we, we, we did a couple rounds of testing and we put together this idea for an online interactive experience. Um, it's a website, it's a a mobile friendly website and it raises awareness um, and supports readiness for the natural support role. And that natural support role is just supporting people who are in your life, coworkers, friends, family, um, if you're a football coach, students. Um, and what we try to do is we equip them with the language of support, and then we help try to build their skills and confidence and reduce the fear around these conversations. And kind of in the process, what we're trying to do is um, remove the stigma as well, or try to affect in a positive way, the stigma that exists around uh, mental health conversations. 
Oh, it's, it feels so powerful. Um, (laughs) I wrote down the language of support because it's something we talk about a lot. Like, you know, leaders will say to me, literally, what words do I use to have these conversations? And it seems on the surface, it seems sort of silly, but you know, we know we need to talk. We know we need to reach out. We know that how helpful it is to have these conversations out loud, but what, how, how, what do we actually say to, to, to have these conversations? Because, you know, coming up to someone and saying, I feel sad today. Well, real and true and direct could feel a bit awkward. And, you know, the, Mm. the, the hesitancy of coming up, you know, not wanting to come across as weird and awkward would prevent people from opening their mouths in the first place. So tell me, like, tell me about the tool, uh, and, and kind of the resources that a leader could use. Do you have any, could you give me some examples of, of (laughs) something that a, a leader could use? Yeah, definitely. So, um, and yes, I'm, I'm very much with you on the language of support. That actually kind of was like one of the seeds that, that grew into what we're talking about now. Um, basically, the online tool is it's just a kind of a step-by-step guide to approach these conversations from the perspective of the support person, the person who sees that there might be something going on or notices the signs in somebody else. So what the actual tool looks like is you come onto the landing play- page. There's a bit of an explanation about the tool. Um, you have got a little video that that tells you how to use the tool, and then you just go step by step through it, and it walks you through um, understanding the core concepts around mental health in in respect to your your kind of support role, uh, noticing the signs in people, which I mean can be very specific if you look them up online. But really, what you're looking for is a change in behavior of somebody that you know is the ultimate sign, and then you this is kind of your signal to check in. From there, it's, it moves into um, a guide on how to have these conversations, planning the conversation, context around the conversation, opening the conversation, during the conversation, and how to close the conversation and keep it going. And the final page is, is the resource section, which we've kept, um, we've kept very streamlined uh, just on, on the knowledge that an overabundance of mental health resources, especially when you're when you're looking for something specific, is very hard. So what we've used as our resources is two on one, the Canada wide um, uh, director directory for non medical uh, health and social services, which which when you call it goes Canada wide, but it comes down to your local area to a database to crisis trained prevention people uh, uh, response people, um, and they will advocate for you. They will find the service you're looking for. They will help you in, in any directory. If, if, you're, if you run out of money halfway through the month, call 2 on one if you're, um, if you're looking for the nearest women's shelter, call 2 on one uh, if, you're, if you need food for your child, call 2 on one it's, it's, We need to popularize it. It's an amazing service. We're using, um, for local Calgary area, the, Dist- the Calgary Distress Center, and then for Canada-wide, because this is a digital tool that'll go all over, we're using the uh, Canada Crisis Center, I believe it's called, unless I mixed up a couple words there. And then we have an indig- uh, specifically Indigenous support line. Um, and that's that's kind of the, the tool in a nutshell. But really what we're going for is we wanted something to help people, but we wanted it to be so low barrier um, to access, to understanding, to education, um, that 
I, I, I feel like we've really pulled together something that's approachable that you can understand no matter your background or your competence, competency with mental health. Um, it's, we, we know that a lot of people don't just learn via text and we didn't want to make it text heavy or very technical because we all have languages within the, within the spheres we work in, whether it's engineering or mental health or, or trades or, or whatever it is. So we, we've made the language as, as approachable as possible. We've created videos. So if you don't want to read through the text, you can watch the video with these cute little characters we've created out of house pets. Um, our, our amazing team has created comics that are at the top of, of all of the conversation pages. So you can read through the step-by-step guide, or you could actually watch uh, or read in a comic form how this would play out. So we're, we're very excited. And I have to give a shout out to, to the team, Lynn Holdsworth, Jack Sachs, uh, Sydney Johnson, Pam Downey, Cindy Lamb, and Grace Walker, because it's it has been all of these all of these people and these amazing minds putting it together that's created such a great product. Ugh, it's amazing. I'm glad you showed it out because so often the creators kind of get into the background, right? The yeah. the support people are not the ones that we talk about. So I really appreciate that. Um, so thinking about the audience of who might be listening to the show, mm. which is typically. Um, you know, functional line level leaders, HR professionals, wellness professionals, um, executives. Can we? Can you share with me how those folks could use this tool in their workplace in a really effective way? Oh yeah, definitely. Just give it to everybody. <laughs> no, specifically. I mean, I know. I know. Across the board, what the consultation that came in was we like as people want to help people, but we don't know how, or we don't have the confidence. It's, it's not just a small segment of the population that feels this unless, unless you're trained or you have um, like an exceptionally extroverted outgoing personality with, with a lot of emotional intelligence, this stuff doesn't come naturally necessarily. It's, these are skills that you need to build. Um, and we've tried to make it as approachable and educational as possible. So, I mean, within the workplace, um, HR professionals, leaders, bring it to your teams, um, throw it on an email blast, newsletters. Um, it's, it's, I think sometimes it's hard to, to read through a company newsletter and just see, oh, here's another thing and, and just skip right over it. But really, um, I mean, throw a testimonial on there, get it word of mouth out there. It, it really is, it really is a, a great way to, to understand hope and how to open these conversations and, and in a very approachable way. I like that, uh, the tactics there, you know, put it into an email blast, you know, have it as a, <laughs> a one slide at the beginning of a meeting to introduce your, your team to it. Um, is there a cost to it? No, 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 of course not. No. Well, you say, of course not. Like that's a thing that happens all the time for something as rich and wonderful as this. Um, well, that's, that's cool. So leaders, good to know. It's well, really like you, we have to, we have to give props or props or do this is completely funded by the United Way of Calgary and area, which is like really interested. They, they support so much in the local community, but they, they really are interested in, in kind of upstream solutions and creating, creating the change at a base level so that it will, it'll trickle down and trickle up or whatever you want to call it. So it was, it's completely funded by the United Way of Calgary and area completely designed in uh, the social impact lab 
And I mean, the J5 design studios team has just put their heart and soul into it. Um, so it's amazing. Mm, that is amazing. What do you, so from all of your research and all the work you've been doing in this space to build this incredible resource, what does the future of mental health at work look like? If you had a crystal ball, what, what do you think the future of mental health at work looks like? Hopefully better. Um, but I think, honestly, I think... I'd have been helpless I think, if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it will be because we have people like you, soldiers, soldiers for the cause, you know, um, standing to create that space. And, and I think um, what we're looking at when we look at the negative aspects or the negative aspects of workplace culture around mental health is, is old guard. You know, this is the way things were done. And it's, it's stubborn and it's sticking around, but there's, and I'm going to say, and this is just a, an educated guess, but because of social media, because of communication technologies, and because of the way our culture is shifting, there's a whole new generation of people coming out. Teens now have a grasp on mental health language, language like, like my generation, I'm 37, never had, and probably, probably generation after me, and definitely generations before me. Um, what I've heard is the what they're missing is the actionable steps. They know the language. They they know to take care of their mental health and guard their mental health and what to spot in a friend. Um, so when this when this comes to the workplace, I don't. I think there's going to be a change in norms, and I don't think people are going to necessarily stand for that anymore. People instead of choosing your place of work because it's got a reputation as making a ton of money and being a big company and something that you'd normally want to get in. I think people will start looking at workplace culture and saying, do I want to be a part of that? And I think that's going to be a big part of actually shifting um, cult workplace culture in general. Because if you're not, I mean, if you can't provide that to your employees, if you can't provide that safe space um, and that that's what they want and that's what they value over a couple extra bucks on their paycheck, you're going to miss out on organizations and corporations are going to miss out on the talent coming out of, well, just coming, coming up into the workforce. So I, 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 I always see things with rose colored glasses, which has occasionally been a detriment to me, but, um, I definitely see this with rose, rose colored glasses. I think there's a, a beautiful future here. You're talking to the self-proclaimed expert in hope. You want to talk about rose-colored glasses? I mean, come on. <laughs> I think that's why we get along so well. We, 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 we right? share those views. We share that mentality, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that you talked about there was the um, the actionable steps and kind of the generational impacts of that. And it was interesting. I delivered a workshop yesterday to a client all about respect and dignity. And we were talking mm. about the generational perception of respect in the workplace and how um, the older generation respect must be earned. They, that's what they were to respect your elders. You know, children are seen and not heard. And that was something that was just inherent in parenting styles in the older generations. And you and I are about the same age. I'm 42. And our generation, I feel like we're that sandwich generation where <laughs> we were taught by those same parents that learned that stuff, but that the kids and, you know, for me, my nieces and nephews are being taught from a more psychology parenting perspective mm -hmm. where respect is um 
is also has to be earned, but from a different side of things where you earn my respect because you treat me with respect, because you value my opinions, you invest in my potential and that kind of thing. And how the dichotomy of that, where both generations will say respect is earned, but the perspective of how that respect is earned is very different. And I think tools like yours, conversations like Mental Health in Minutes is designed to open the door to, would be, continue to be um, enhanced by taking these generational impacts into consideration as well. And I don't, I, yeah, it's just interesting. I don't think we talk about it often enough and it's cool that you brought it up as well. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I really dig that for sure. The, and I think probably I, I'm just, I get a sense from you that I, you probably start the same way, but everybody starts with respect for me. So I, it's, if you, if you can hold that space for people, um, and you can see them for, for what they are and what they can be. I, and I think you can facilitate those conversations much easier, um, than if, if it's this structured, you know, because they're my boss, they have my respect. If they're under me, they don't necessarily have my respect because they haven't worked towards it yet. That doesn't, that doesn't compute really. Um, Mm -hmm. in the sense, I mean, over the past few years, my my kind of my mantra or, or what I'm I'm fighting for here has has kind of come forward in my life, and I, I find myself seeking the more a more human human, um, if that makes any sense. Uh, I had read this I had read this book named Ishmael. It's kind of a cult classic by an author named Daniel Quinn, and he talks in the in the initial parts of the book about a lie that we feel. Um, but can't really articulate. And it's, it's just, it's, it's around us. It's, it's, it's societal. It's, it's nothing, it's nothing that's, that's quite there, but it's always there. It's just this feeling. And I know not everybody has that feeling, but it has been for me. And, uh, and it just feels like the pieces, the pieces of building that more human human are stripping off things like the hierarchy of respect that we find in the workplace and opening up more communications. Like we're so, we're so we're social creatures. We're built around this millions and millions of years of evolution, right? This is this is who we are, and um, I think once we get to a space where we can dismantle the small pieces that aren't serving us and get to that place of communication and vulnerability and mutual respect, I think that's going to be a really really cool place. Super cool place, and it brings to mind like this definition of respect, which is different for everyone. If um, Again, in this workshop, I opened with what, what, what's your definition of respect or what do you think about when I use the language of respect? And, you know, people are putting in phrases and words and it's all very, very different along the same, you know, scale, but definitely slight idiosyncrasies of, of, of people coming at it from their own lived experience. And one of the things that comes up is this thinking around owed respect versus earned respect. And when you Mm. said, you know, looking for more human humans, that makes me think of owed respect. Like everybody is owed respect simply because they are an incredible human in this, you know, in this world on this planet. And we all have amazing things to offer and huge value to contribute. And simply because we are we should feel that kind of, we should feel respected for being who we are. And then there's some additional sort of the earned respect that comes along with um, over and above our 
humanness, you know, mm -hmm. maybe our, our extra abilities in athletics or in intelligence or in compassion or in, you know, emotional intelligence and, and those kinds of things. And it's, it, all of those words to say that it's just neat to think of the different dimensions of language. Um, even a simple, you know, six letter word, seven letter word, uh, respect, you know, um, and how many dimensions, um, and, but just how many dimensions, individual words, language as a whole has in our interactions with people, which is why it's so hard, which is why it's so difficult, because we all come at it from our own perceptions based on our own lived experience. Yeah, yeah. And on, I, I think I've had this conversation twice in the past three days um, about about these different perceptions. And, and it's like, especially when you go to the workplace, I, I picture like four walls, you've got who you are, and you might not even know who you are. And then you've got the mask that you present to the world. And then the person that you're existing in front of or in the space of has that has their mask that they think they are and also what they're trying to project to you. And then they have who they actually are, but might not even know who they are. So when you, when you think about it, it's like, it's a very complex dynamic trying to exist with each other. Um, yeah, it is is multidimensional, I think. And, and I think, yeah. And can be damn overwhelming. It can be damn overwhelming, damn over, especially when you're talking about like, like person to person interaction is is complicated, but if you're talking about systems and corporations and and how how do you like up the level of respect or empathy or you know altruism within an organization based off of what 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 you put out there that, that's a that's a beast that's complex yeah yeah but the hopeful part of it is we have tools like yours and tools <laughs> like mine to make it as as simple as possible because it's not it isn't impossible we can continue to make progress to build mm -hmm. these kinds of relationships to create psychologically safe spaces to teach people to up level their own mental health maturity it's not it doesn't have to be overwhelming in mm -hmm. so overwhelming that it just creates freeze or inaction, yeah. which is very, very hopeful to me that people like you and, and your colleagues that have created these tools, um, that it just feels very, very hopeful for the future of work and the future for our community and humanity itself to yeah. go, you know, super extreme. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I have to say, we're, we're not at the lab, we're not mental health professionals. We've uh, like created this in consultation with Canada Mental Health Association of Calgary um, numerous mental health organizations in in the local area and experts in the local area and have had the content reviewed. So it's it's good content. But we're I mean we're not by any means medical health professionals, mental health professionals, and neither are the people we're expecting will use this tool. So there I mean, well, we're, we're just just like what you're saying. We're not here. We're not here to try to fix the situation with one silver bullet. What we're trying to do is chip away at it and make it incrementally better for everybody um, involved. And I think I, I, you don't have to be an expert to do that. You just have to be curious and playful and, and kind. Mm. 
Love it. Well, Daniel, this has been such an incredible conversation. I just feel, I feel so enriched by hearing from you and knowing that there's a tool out there to support leaders and individuals to, to, to make friends, to make friends at work, um, and to know what to say and how to say it. Can you share with us where to find this incredible resource? And we'll link to it in the show notes for sure, but share out loud how people can find it and when. We're launching March 4th. I'm going to say 2022, just because I know you're going to go on with these podcasts forever and someone's going to hit this in, in 2023 and 2024 and wonder, wonder, wonder what year we were talking about. Um, but you can go to uh, www.stepstosupport.com or alternatively, you could go to the Social Impact Lab of Calgary website or the United Way of Calgary and Area website. I believe we'll be hosting it as well. Amazing. Amazing. And great news. This episode publishes on the same day you are launching. So that's a win. That is total win. So for sure, we will um, spread it far and wide, spread the good news far and wide. I thank you so, so much for spending your time with us. It has been a real pleasure. I know that you guys are adding awesome value into the world and uh, it's it's my pleasure to, to share it out there. So yeah, thanks. And you know what? Thank you so much for having us on and, and helping us promote this and and for everything that you do in the mental health space and, and just by, you know, being a light in the world. It's great. Mm, I appreciate you. Didn't even pay him to say that, people. <laughs> <laughs> She's slipping me a check under the table right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I look forward to our next conversation, Daniel. Until then, take care. What a great conversation with Daniel. It's inspiring to hear someone speak with such passion for their work and gratitude for the team of people they're working with. Isn't that aspirational for how we want our workplaces to be too? At the beginning of the show, I mentioned the free training you can try out with your teams, all about stopping the slide into burnout, that feeling of overwhelm and endless stress that so many of us are experiencing right now. To complement those materials, which you can download for free on my website at www.mentalhealthinminutes.com forward slash tryout, I've also created a 60-minute live virtual or in-person workshop titled From Burnout to Hope, which has been transformational for so many organizations. You and your team will leave this workshop understanding how to identify the signs of burnout in yourselves and others, how to put into action the evidence-based strategies and tactics to reverse those feelings of overwhelm and languishing, and activate the hope circuit in your brain for a future even better than today. It's hopeful, practical, and transformative, and I'd love to bring it to your organization. On our website, you'll find more information about this workshop, as well as the Mental Health in Minutes digital subscription a done-for-you package of presentations and other content designed to help you make meaningful connections with your people, to increase knowledge and education about mental health-related topics, and normalize these kinds of conversations in your workplace. The thing we do best at Mental Health in Minutes is open the door to conversations about mental health at work, and episodes like this give us real things we can try to truly make a difference. Being a people leader is especially hard right now. You might feel like you're managing both up and down the corporate ladder. And if the thought of figuring out how to best support your people and yourself feels overwhelming and impossibly hard, let's talk. We're here to do the heavy lifting with resources and materials, along with the training and facilitation, leaving you to do what you do best, engaging with and supporting your people. We have many ways to support you from full service hands-on to guidance and support from afar. So let's chat about what works best for you and your people. As always, I'm here if you need me.